Welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast, a special spotlight episode. Today we're talking about custom components and everything to do with them. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Rohan. How's it going? Good, thanks. Awesome. Today's episode is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily and securely access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that also supports the Home Assistant project. Configuration is via the user interface, so no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. So, Rahan, I thought today we would do a little, uh, just a mini-sode, just to explain, you know, custom components and all the, the different kinds that we have. I guess there's a lot of confusion out there in the, uh, the community about, you know, what, what are custom components and all that, and so I thought we'd go ahead and just explain uh, what components there are out there. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I get asked quite a bit too, right? Or going, hey, where do I get this? Where, where like, it, A lot of times people don't know where to look for stuff, so... Yeah. Hopefully we can clear that up today and uh, kind of go through the differences between different types of components and and break that down. So I think that there's three main types of a custom component for Home Assistant. The first type would be uh, custom integrations. So these act like anything that you like a an integration that you can get with Home Assistant. So for example, Philips Hue or the Sonos component that currently exists in Home Assistant. There are custom versions of things, so Home Assistant is designed to be extensible by anyone, and that also means that you can create your own integration and not necessarily make it available to everyone. So you can, this will be used by developers for testing. Recent one that was that used this was the Life 360 component, mm-hmm. which just came out in 0.95. The developers were testing it and they wanted feedback, so they said, "Look." This is, you can install it if you want to trial it out. It is going to be buggy. Just let me know any problems. Here's how to install it. And so for that circumstance, you would use a custom integration. So they are a Python, you know, they're written in Python, which is the same language that Home Assistant is written in. And you install it in a special custom components folder. And it does need to follow some uh, file name structures if you're overriding any standard integrations from Home Assistant. But yeah, that is completely available and there's some cool things that are out there yeah i mean that's a it's a great way to extend uh maybe maybe your platform is still not integrated into the uh, official home assistant repo mm. so again it's a, it's a great way for people to be like hey you know what i want to try build something whatever or maybe you're building something yourself and saying hey i have this really cool uh cool tool that i use and it's got an API, but it's not in Home Assistant yet. How do I bring it in? And as you're testing through it as well, you can use it as a home, uh, as a as a custom component before it comes in, right? So it's uh, it, it's a really cool way to flush it out. I know for me, I've uh, currently, sorry, I I use uh, one that I actually take advantage of all the time. You know, it, it, it's a fantastic way, right? So it, it helps uh, enhance your Home Assistant installation a little more too. So yeah, and once it's in there, there will be a warning in your Home Assistant configuration file to say, you know, hey, you're using a custom component uh we don't recommend doing this but you know as long as it you're doing it properly you've got your own little uh, you understand the risks then yeah it's a great way to extend home assistant if you need that flexibility yeah exactly just remember it's not officially supported by home assistant so 
you're on the hook for supporting it yourself and or working with the developer to uh, whether raise an issue in GitHub or what have you. That's right. So the other the other kind of custom component, and it's not a component per se, but it, it's, it's important to talk about this, is uh, custom Lovelace cards. So the point of Lovelace, if you're pretty new to Home Assistant, you may not know what Lovelace is. So Lovelace is the front-end uh, user interface for Home Assistant. And the idea between custom Lovelace cards is it helps you give you a new look to uh, your front end. You may not want a component that's already in the front end uh, to look the way it is. So here you can customize it and or you can build your own. So they don't really provide any automations or any, any, it doesn't establish connectivity to a component per se, but uh, it's more about the user interface and the look and feel of that. So for example, there's a, popular custom card called the mini media player card uh, which is used quite extensively so uh, again how do you bring that in and and where do you go with yeah, that that's right? right so that's uh that it, it, the big difference here is again it's ui versus actual functionality the custom integrations that that you talked about phil that's more around hey i want to add this new device that i have or this new platform that i have uh that's not in home assistant yet versus Hey, I want it. I want to bring this into my user interface and it look and act a certain way from a UI perspective. Yeah. So the custom Lovelace cards are, I like to think of it, you know, you've got your custom Lovelace cards, which is just purely front end, and then any of the custom components uh, or back end. So they can add things like new sensors, new entities to home assistant that you can fire automations from. Uh, and the Lovelace cards are basically just for information purposes. You know, you can tap them, yeah. you can click them in the UI, but they don't necessarily create new entities or anything like that. So I found another thing that isn't really a custom component or, or a Lovelace card, but it does something that does get pulled up a bit. It's Hassio add-ons, and I, we wanted to talk about them just to sort of really explain how they fit into the, the Home Assistant ecosystem. So Home Assistant, if you're not aware, has a, a method to install Home Assistant, which is running on a Raspberry Pi or using a virtual environment image, which is Hassio. It's a completely uh, self-contained sort of system. You just install Hassio, it goes ahead, it'll install Docker, uh, which is a uh, container framework to manage uh, various systems. And as part of that, it will install Home Assistant and within a few minutes, you'll be up and running with a completely, you know, user interface driven Home Assistant installation. And Hassio brings in the concept of Hassio add-ons. So this is where, you know, external systems that aren't Home Assistant and they're very independent from Home Assistant can be installed onto a server or a Raspberry Pi in this case and can really uh, leverage a single, you know, user interface to go ahead and install. For example, uh, MySQL, if you want to have a proper database engine to store your Home Assistant activity, you can uh, install a database server through Hassio. There's also other things like uh, InfluxDB, Grafana, and there is so many different add-ons. I think in the most recent release, there was an AdGuard uh, plugin yep. for Hassio. So... These are really, and it's very important to differentiate that these are, you know, completely independent systems. There is no development done via Home Assistant. You know, for example, they don't run Grafana, they don't do InfluxDB, they don't and they definitely don't do uh, any development for AdGuard. But, you know, thanks to the work from the community and particularly Frank, all these add-ons are available to Hassio and can be, and are customized to work within Home Assistant. 
the HouseIO add-ons, they're installed from the add-on store and are created using uh, Docker containers, uh, which is that underlying system. If you're not familiar with Docker or anything like that, running HouseIO, you shouldn't really need to be. It should be all just behind the scenes anyway. Uh, if you are not running HouseIO, but you do want to install some of these custom things like, you know, MQTT brokers and, and all those, you know, stuff that HouseIO uses, like, you know, I get a bit jealous. I hear, oh, there's this add-on from HouseIO. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Uh, they are just, at the end of the day, they are just Docker containers. So generally, you know, if you wanted to run like the AdGuard plugin that was recently released with Home Assistant, you can actually just find an, your own Docker container and, and run it that way or run it on another Raspberry Pi. But there's no yeah, restriction that way. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy Video Lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy Video Lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it, though, is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes, sometimes the um, Hazio Docker containers, if you just run it with normal Home Assistant, there ha- they have some couple of extra things in there, uh, which may not, uh, which may not work with uh, Home Assistant. So just be careful of that. Yeah, I think uh, Linux uh, Linux Server creates some good Docker containers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But if you are stuck, you can generally whatever's been created in the Hazio add-ons, they're probably being created by. LinuxServer.io. How do we how do we install these custom components? So we kind of went over what it is. So it really depends on the type of component you're trying to install. So this this kind of goes back to where a little bit of that confusion comes from uh, between the Lovelace cards and the actual custom integrations uh, with different platforms. So with the Lovelace card, I mean, the way you install it is you create a www folder in in the Home Assistant configuration, and basically. Uh, it, you have some kind of JavaScript code that's provided in the GitHub repository or wherever it is you're finding the code for Lovelace, um, and you essentially take that and plop that into the into that www folder. From there, you basically have a file called ui-lovelace.yaml or yaml, and what happens is you now add that component in from that uh, custom JavaScript file into that yaml. So. That also means you have to update that YAML file. Normally, that file, by default, is actually generated for you. Uh, so if you haven't touched it, you may not even know it exists. So you go and have a look, and then and that's your actual configuration of what's where and how things look and so on and so forth. So in there, you would need to add it as a resource and then bring it in. Yeah, and uh, similarly, like installing the custom components, because they're all uh, Python code, they do have to follow that strict structure, and I believe it's uh, custom underscore components where they have to be installed to. Yeah, the nice the nice thing is with uh, the one thing I love about Lovelace is if you make a UI change, you don't actually have to reboot Home Assistant anymore. You just have to refresh the page. Yeah. Back in the day before Lovelace, I mean, if you made any kind of that kind of a change, it still 
I guess, considered as a code change, which you would need to actually restart Home Assistant for. So it's nice that for the UI piece, you don't have to do that anymore. So, which I thought was great. Mm. But unfortunately for custom components, if you, you will need to reload Home Assistant, I believe. Yes, you still need to reload it for that. It seems all a bit, you know, a pain in the uh, the bum to have to go in and, and, you know, put files in the right way, JavaScript in this place, Python here. So if you're not very comfortable with code, something that's recently just come out, which is really cool, I think it's, it's not even at version one yet, uh, is called the Home Assistant Community Store. So it gives all Home Assistant users an interface which can manage the installation of community-developed additions to Home Assistant, including uh, Lovelace cards and custom components, which we've just talked about. It also has the ability uh, to store themes. So if you want to have a dark theme for Home Assistant, they will also be included in this community store. And I believe there's also uh, the concept of app daemon scripts, which is another uh, system that can sort of work uh, to power automations in Home Assistant. Once again, I believe it's a there's a Hassayo add-on for app daemon as well. So it was created by uh, Ludius, who's on the uh, Discord and on GitHub, and it's absolutely awesome. It'll be basically like, think of the, uh, if you're familiar with Hassayo and the Hassayo add-on store, it'll be very similar to that. You just, you will have to install it uh, manually. There are instructions, which we will leave links to in our show notes. And once you've installed it, it will give you a user interface. It'll give you a little uh, community uh, tab in your Home Assistant front end. From there, you'll be able to go in and select uh, what components you would like to install. There's actually a whole bunch I didn't even know existed. For example, uh, there's a Grossi custom component that exists. uh, And thanks to this store, you can easily just go ahead, click it, and then you'll have a new uh, component available in Home Assistant once you restart. So definitely check it out. Yeah. And it'll also manage upgrades as well. So all these different components and integrations, you know, may have different versions as developers, you know, working on it and and making changes. This will handle those upgrades. So you can just go in and say, all right, there's an update available for this upgrade. So yeah, it also, so it knows where to put the themes. It knows where to put the Lovelace cards and it knows where exactly to put the custom components. So if you're not comfortable with coding, but you do want to get in on this, you know, custom component stuff that maybe there's a feature missing that someone's developed, there is this store, which is really awesome. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, I've, I've actually yet to play with it. Uh, one thing I use though, and I find it's pretty handy is the uh, custom updater component. And uh, what's really neat is uh, that'll actually, so if you're still doing it the manual way, uh, like we talked about before, what the custom component does is, or sorry, the custom updater component does is uh, it basically has a built a card into Lovelace mm-hmm. and tells you when there's a new feature available or let's say an update to one of your custom components. So for example, um, if that's the, so I use the, oh man, her name's in the, in the thing. So A-L-E-X-A underscore media. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I use that. And uh, for example, I, I also use a custom updater component to monitor to see if there's any updates to it, things like that. And then you can actually update it from there. But that the initial piece still needs you to download uh, the code from GitHub or wherever. So just be aware of that. So that's uh, that's handy. So that custom updater component is uh, also created by Ludius and the community yes. store will be replacing that. Yes, so exactly. for example, yeah. So I'm in the store at the moment. I can see, you know, 
There's the Amazon Echo Media Player. There is yeah, so much uh, stuff, and it's all, you know, there's a Honeywell Lyric uh, custom component that I can install, a calendar cards for Lovelace. There is uh, so much out there, and it's all now uh, upgradable and manageable from the user interface. Which is fantastic. Yeah. The, the one thing we didn't talk about yet, though, Phil, is uh, themes. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so, so themes are actually... So we talked about Lovelace, and we talked about how Lovelace is basically the new uh, version of the UI where you can have a little more customization, things like that. But that doesn't actually include themes. So so Lovelace is more around how and where things are di- uh, displayed, whereas the themes are the overall, like, uh, I mean, you mentioned dark theme, which actually I use. Um, so it's like, hey, you know, instead of it being your standard blue and and white, maybe you want grays, maybe you want some other stuff. Uh, and and these are typically uh, cascading style sheet format, so CSS within within the theme itself. So the theme comes in in a YAML file, but then when you look inside there, you'll actually see um, a name and and you'll see some hex values, which are basically the colors for that. Um, and, and, and sorry, it's not really CSS, but it, it's stuff you'll see similar to CSS in elements. So for example, primary color is this and secondary color is whatever, right? So you'll see that kind of stuff. And, and basically that skins your home assistant installation to say, hey, here's how I'm going to look. So that's that's actually separate from the Lovelace components themselves. Yeah, and you can actually have multiple themes installed. So if you, I think I have uh, my themes time. So only at, after sunset will my front end change to a dark theme. And then during the day, it'll have a, a light theme because I have home assistant running uh, through tablets around the house. So I want, you know, the front end to look uh, when it's dark and I wake up in the middle of the night. I don't want, you know, necessarily a white background on the tablets everywhere. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. And and I'm guessing you just control that through a, an automation saying, hey, when sunset, whatever, then change. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. So there's a, a home assistant service where you can say, you know, set a uh, theme and, you know, there's an automation, you know, as soon as it's, you know, X minutes after sunset, set the theme to this, otherwise set it to that. Um, and Home Assistant updates accordingly. But I'm, I am hoping with the new community store that once people start being able to share themes, because, you know, you see on social media and, and Reddit so much, you know, people are going, hey, look at my front end and it, it looks really mm-hmm. cool. They've got some, you know, fancy backgrounds and all that. I do hope that it will be a lot easier for people to share, you know, basic, you know, structures of themes, you know, colors and all that. I know a lot of people do it currently in the community forums, uh, but making these, you know, available within the Home Assistant uh, platform where you already are, you don't have to go, you know, hunting Google for themes or anything. They're all there. Maybe some screenshots of what they look like. It's going to make things, you know, so much more awesome. Yeah, exactly. So, All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers, you know, this little... Uh, side topic of, of custom components you know just oh, it's one of the many you know sub things that home assistant can do and, and has the ability to, to do yeah All right. thank you very much everyone. i'll speak to you soon thanks sounds good if you've got any questions feel free to reach out to us in the podcast room in the discord server and if you've got any uh, topic suggestions that you want us to cover in a spotlight episode, let us know. Feedback at haspodcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rowan Caramandy. 
For links to topics that we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io. Thank you.